Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Boating Industry Insider. I'm David G., Content Director and Editor-in-Chief at Boating Industry. And joining us today is longtime friend, uh, water ski extraordinary serial entrepreneur, Mark Overby, co-founder of Moomba, founder of Gecko, CEO and founder of Montera, chairman of USA Water Ski and Wake Sports Foundation. We're going to hear more about that. But uh, hey, thanks. Welcome to, welcome to the to the program, Mark. David, it's always great to see you, and I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. Absolutely. So let's talk about the state of, of boating in general before we get to uh, to learn a little bit more about what you're up to. Uh, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Uh, you know, in the in the community among the dealers uh, about the state of recreational boating in in America right now. It's good. So, as you know, you've been down to the little lake where I ski and I ski almost every day. I have never seen it this busy. It's, yeah. it's almost overwhelming. And so on a local scale, it's, it's busy. I mean, it's, there are fishermen out there, there's water skiers, there's tubers, there's pontooners. I've never seen so many kayakers and SUP people out there. I mean, the waterways are busy. On a broader scale, as I talk to dealers and our reps around the country, they're, they're telling me the same thing. I mean, this is, it seems to be a, a great time in the marine business. And when I talk to builders, other boat builders, and I talk to our vendors, they can't keep up. I mean, it's, uh, this is a seasonal and a cyclical business. This is a hard business. And I think everybody's uh, doing their best right now to make hay while the sun shines. You know, it was, it's been such a crazy year, obviously, on, on every level, societal and 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 for the, the boating industry and many other industries, January, February looked like, you know, the boat shows were strong, looked like we were kind of on track for maybe another low double digit growth. 10% uh, year over year was is kind of what they were, were thinking. And then if obviously March and April, many dealers closing, uh, sales falling off a cliff, manufacturing, uh, you know, shutting down uh, for the most part. And, and so in, in, in the, the heart of the darkness, it, it would have been hard to imagine that, that immediately coming out of that, we would be setting sales records. But that's, that's what we're hearing. And even One Water Marine, a, a collection of, of dozens of, of dealerships, even on the year, even though they were, they were quiet for that whatever six-week period, their, their sales are up 30%, revenues up 25%. Uh, we're talking to many dealers who, who had Mays that were 150% of their all-time previous record. Uh, that's just, that's an amazing turnaround, an amazingly quick turnaround, don't you think? You know, I, you know here, we're here in Minnesota, so it's the great white north, and you're up here not only freezing to death, but the uh, <laughs> lakes have ice that are feet thick. And so you combine that with, you know, in my case, I'm talking to dealers, reps, vendors all over the country, and I think to a large degree, just like you mentioned, in those dark days, there were a lot of retailers with their noses against the glass, wondering whether or not their parking lots would ever be full. Mm -hmm. And, you know, by the same token, again, you know, being in Minnesota, you don't, you just get our own little view here. But when I talk to guys in Texas and Florida and California, and they're telling me on Tuesday afternoons, when they look out their windows, if they're working from home, for example, and they're telling me in a lot of cases, hey, it looks like 4th of July out here and it's Tuesday. And it's like that every day. So in warm weather climates, there were people out, I think, enjoying it. And I think there were, uh, that, that was probably a good first indicator that we were going to get a, a pretty good season. And thankfully, everything has turned around and we're blessed right now with good times. 
Yeah, I, I think one of the uh, that that is certainly the the headline. I think close behind that uh, is the maybe the subhead is the fact that not only are unit sales strong, but uh, sales of 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 boats to first timers is running so high, and that's true of RV, power sports, uh, a number of other sectors, and and so that to me is is one of the most you know kind of bits of 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 good news is that not only are they are they shoving uh, boats and motors out the door, but but we're bringing new people, new life, new blood, new energy to the sport. You know, as I consider myself a student of human nature and in my studies of that, I, 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 one of the things that I've learned is that human beings require at least seven touches prior to forming an opinion or making a purchase. And in this case, I don't think anybody wakes up one day and goes, hey, I got a hundred grand burning all in my pocket. Let me run down to my local <laughs> dealer and buy a boat today. No. I, I don't think that happens. Or if it does, it's a lightning strike. I think more importantly, it's people that are having experiences with other boaters. They're out with their friends. They, they see boats going down the highway again because it's busy and people are out. And so they get a certain curiosity. And so I think, and I know in my own case, we do tons of boating. I'm on the water every day, but I also know that I have a certain group of friends that like to come over. We had a, a couple call us last week going, hey, we're coming to your house on Friday night because we're going boating. I think there's a lot of that going on and people are experiencing boating in an ancillary sort of way and they get captivated by it. And as a result, uh, you know, we're also living in tough times that, that highlight the importance of family. And so it's probably a convolution of many things coming together at the right time to create kind of a perfect storm that makes boating very appealing. Yeah. You know, we're, we're again, hearing people are, are skipping this year, the, the trip to Disney world or the European vacation, things like that. And, and maybe they've been sitting on a, on the fence. They're thinking, okay, what can we do to, to recreate, to, to recreate literally the, the sense of the word, uh, to be with from friends, to be with family, to, and to do it in a comfortable setting and feel safe. And it's like, okay, uh, yeah, boating, so boating, fishing, uh, it's pretty good. You know, being outdoors, pretty pretty great way to, to do, you know, check, kind of check all those boxes, isn't it? Hey, even a bad day on the water is a great yeah. day by every other <laughs> yeah. perspective. So yeah. absolutely. No so we've been talking, yeah, we're talking in general about, about boating. Let's now get a little more specific. Uh, as uh, the astute readers of Boating Industry Magazine will know, uh, you where uh, we ran an article a heck of a time to, to start a startup. Uh, Anthem Marine, tell us about uh, what you're up to right now. Only an idiot would start a new boat company <laughs> when, when faced oh. with the, uh, the, the, the marketplace and knowing that there are so many great companies out there producing such fantastic product. So the, the premise of starting a boat company and going, hey, I'm going to go up and compete with the biggest names in the business is, is suicide. And being a again a hardcore user, I do see opportunities. I'm a little bit guilty, I guess, of, of being a serial entrepreneur, and I have a certain amount of guilt for that. But I got a lot of ideas, and you know, the, the anthem thing was was bred from uh, a personal experience in exactly the same experience you and I have shared together. And that is here where I live, and I know this is the case in, in many scenarios across the country. We've got guys that own towboats and pontoons, mm -hmm. and you know, you go out and you feed your addiction in the slalom course or you surf or go riding, whatever it is. And then you go home and, and get your family and maybe some drinks and food and whatever. And you go out and you 
Cruise. hang out on your pontoon or you raft up and you spend the rest of your day doing that. But boats are expensive today. And the premise of buying $100,000 tow boats and $100,000 pontoons has become a rich man's sport. And so, you know, I look at that and go, hey, given today's technology, I could certainly create a scenario where I could combine those two and create essentially from the deck up a really nice, comfortable, spacious experience that would be unlike anything else that's out there, but people certainly gravitate towards their wives and significant others gravitate towards that comfort, but put a performance hull under it mm-hmm. that uh, makes a boat totally competitive in a market that is uh, very successful in the, in the wake sport side. So that's, that's what Anthem is all about. We, we are not about taking market share from some of the major players out there. What we're all about is creating an experience that's new and different that solves the, what we see as an opportunity and a niche that's not being served today. So you had this idea, you know, the, the, the best ideas from entrepreneurs, the proverbial garage, you know, somebody out trying to uh, identifies a problem and then, and then comes up with a, with a product or feature to, to, uh, to solve the problem. You identified, you know, a, an issue, a, a hole that you saw in, in the industry. So take, take us through that process. Okay, now you've got this idea. Did, did you go out, uh, you know, cast a wide net? For, for partners or, or people who could, you know, uh, implement or manufacture your idea? Kind of take us through a little bit of that, that process of, of what came next after you said, okay, I think I, I think I found a hole in the market. Well, <laughs> execution is, is critical and uh, you got to have money available and you got to, you know, I'll, I'll title that resources yeah, because right. even if you have money and there are plenty of people that have money and go, Hey, it might be fun to be in the boat business. If you don't have the <laughs> additional resources of, of knowing where to go, what to do, and I'll call it know-how and how to execute in the space. Um, your dream is going to be an expensive party. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with, in, in my case, um, I brought together two significant pieces of that puzzle. Number one was a financial component to be able to execute well and have the resources financially that we needed to, to do this. I've done this on a shoestring before when I started Gecko and it's painful. And in today's environment, which is very different than what it was 20 years ago, you can't do it that way anymore. The second piece is um, being blessed with some good relationships. Uh, I went to a shipbuilder. Uh, a recognized shipbuilder with over 125 years experience. They have a commercial arm. They know how to build boats and they build military products. They build commercial products. They build uh, some of the very best products in their space. And I brought them something new and different. And frankly, because they're a commercial builder, oftentimes if they build two or three of, of a product, that's, that's a nice hit for them. And occasionally they might get a government contract where they build you know, if you dozen that, then that's good. But what I can bring them is consistent production day in, day out, and it's the same product. So unlike building a, a, a fireboat for the city of Pittsburgh, which is a really cool product or a, or a weapons depot protection boat for the U.S. Navy, um, those are one-offs. And these guys are fantastic partners and they're very, very good at executing like that. But I'm building, a, uh, I'm bringing them a product that is the same. We're going to build hundreds of these things and the changes are going to be, hey, I want a blue one or I want a red one or this one gets a stereo or this one gets you know, a different cover or bimini top, those kinds of things. So it's a win-win and you know, I'm pretty excited about that. And having done contract building in, in a number of other projects, I understood or I think I understand 
the pitfalls as well as the benefits and uh, try and create a win-win scenario for both sides so that everybody, uh, the, the outlook would be to have everybody win in this prospect. And where are you uh, in that, that timeline right now? You, have you taken orders? Are you making deliveries? Tell us kind of where you, where you are in that, in that production cycle. So uh, yes, we have orders and we're going to ship, uh, we're going to ship the first boats in July oh. and uh, then we're going to be ramping it up in August, September and, and so on. And, you know, here again, I mean, the, the industry we're living in and the market we're living in is very different than what it was 20 years ago. And so, very quietly with a very good set of reps and through relationships with dealers we already had, we've written well over a hundred orders and we've tried to keep the wraps on this until mm -hmm. we were ready to yeah. unveil it and talk yeah. about it and show it because the worst thing that can happen is you bring it to market and you go, Hey, this is awesome. This is really cool. And they go, we're in love. We want it. When can I get it? And then your answer is, well, it's going to take us a while because ramping up is a painful uh, time consuming process. It's a lot easier for a boat builder to go from 10 to 15 units uh, a week or a month than it is to go from zero to five. But we have rapid tracked this entire process. And if you, if you were starting from scratch with this, this might be a one to two year process from concept to delivery. We've done it in, in uh, less than eight months. So it's, it's good. Yeah, well, congratulations on that. Not a not an easy journey, and uh, we wish you the the best going forward. You know, when I was down at uh, uh, Miami International Boat Show, had a, a chance to sit down with uh, Bill Jurgen, the CEO of, of CorrectCraft, and and one of the things that, that we talked about, uh, in addition to the popularity of, of Wakesport boats, is the and we've already alluded to it a couple of times is is the escalation of the price of of entry for some of these uh some of these categories you know not i mean we all kind of just uh did a double take it at six figure tow boats you know uh <laughs> doesn't seem like that many years ago and and now you know uh nautique has one that that uh you know msrps for two hundred and sixty thousand dollars. that bill says you know they had to redo do some of their tooling and and uh take extra steps to keep up with demand uh kind of astounding what you know where does i mean are we in danger we the collective we uh of pricing out a, a normal you know person from from engage being able to engage in in water sports and, and getting introduced to the sport if uh or the the activity if if you know we we just keep seeing uh a northward escalation of of price we are and, and I got to tell you, I, you know, this is something we wrestle with. At Anthem, we, really, we were really targeting a retail price of right around 100000 It's not going to happen. And I'll share with you why. You know, when I started Moomba and, and even with Gecko, um, and by the way, I call this death by a thousand cuts. You know, for example, you can buy a fuel tank for 60 bucks and hoses, hose clamps, and a gas fill and a vent line, you know, maybe you're into the thing for a hundred bucks total. And you only had, you know, when we were building geckos, maybe 80 to 90 man hours in, in a boat at a, at a loaded labor rate of, yeah. of, of let's call it 35 bucks. Yeah. So here we are today. And, and today's fuel systems are very complex. The fuel tank alone in our, in our new Anthem is almost 400 bucks. We have to have government uh, regulation uh, type of 
uh, evaporative controls on it and, and, and canisters and all the stuff that goes in it. And that, so that, that two or, you know, hundred or $200 fuel system 20 years ago now costs a thousand bucks. And the old days where you could have, Hey, I got a really tricked out dash. I got a speedometer. I got a tack. I, you know, maybe I even have a, a little digital display in my, in my, in my tack are now replaced with 12 inch touchscreens. And those require PDMs, wiring harnesses, and, and power systems that are now taking a, a collective gauge system from a few hundred dollars to two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And same thing with trailers, same thing with towers, and, and so on. And so you, it's really hard to say, well, let me point to this item on the bill of materials, and that's got to go because that's going to bring our price down from from X to Y, and and it isn't going to happen. And so, and and here's here's another case. In in our new boat, we have 455 hours of labor in this boat, and it's cool, and it's done by craftsmen, and the workmanship is spectacular. And so you look at it and you say, wow, this thing is a work of art. That work of art is going to be expensive. And so our target number uh, of 100 grand, we we grossly missed it. And because of the content that's in the boat and the labor and needing to make a fair profit so that we can survive and create a cool experience is going to be closer to 150,000. And I think that's, that's the same revelation that every other boat builder is, is faced with today is this rising cost of bill of materials and then labor and then trying to live with a fair margin. It's just, it's, it's impossible. Yeah. And I think there's another, there's another component to this, David too. And that is, you know, when you get north of a hundred thousand, that boat needs to be, pretty spectacular. A lot of people in this space are driving high-end Mercedes, BMWs, Audis, and they have a level of expectation that is extraordinarily high. And so if you're going to build a boat that's over a hundred grand, you need to do it right. And I'll give you a, a, a small example. So we were looking at bilge pumps the other day and you can buy an inexpensive rule or other fuel, uh, uh, I'm sorry, water pump, bilge pump, sorry. So you can buy an inexpensive bilge pump for 10 bucks. And I'm looking at this going, well, in our boat, we're going to put in three bilge pumps. And not only that, but we're going to use the bilge pumps that are 50 bucks a piece, because if you're going to build a high-end product, you need to finish out every detail so that it's done right. Our, our onboard power system has three batteries in it. And, and I cringe at that, but I, and I really do. But I also know that when you get to that price point, there's one thing that's dramatically changed. I think that I see in the last 20 years. And that is back then people were buying a product. Hey, I want to go water skiing or I want to go cruising or I want to do this. And they were buying a very specific product to fill the need. Today's buyers are buying an experience. And so when I look at this, I want to create an experience that somebody gets on at least our product. And this is kind of our mindset on this is that it's cool and it's done right. And every single detail about it is, is, uh, is, is trying to be, we're trying to be as spectacular as process. So when people come away, they feel good about it and they go, the money that I have in it, well, it's a lot of money is a worthwhile expense. So I, that's, it's, it's been a solid evolution to that direction. And I think it's, 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 it's been painful as it evidences itself in extraordinarily high prices. And, and as Bill said, he said, Hey, the, it's not us shoving these features down the, the, the proverbial throats of, of consumers. He said, they're, they're asking for this stuff. They're asking for, you know, multiple this, multiple that, uh, you know, touch screens and, and increasingly complex audio systems and, and uh, you know, gorgeous captain's chairs and ergonomics and, and 
he said, that, sorry, but he said that none of that comes cheap. So, uh, Sparkomatic's not cutting it in the stereo world. Yeah. <laughs> We're putting all high end Rockford equipment in our boat and it's the same thing with our other builders. And, and it's like, Hey, if you want it, it comes one way it's done right. And yeah. we're not going to go down the path. And so it's out there. And, and I think the other part of it is you look at it and you go, wow, this boat's going to be a hundred to $200,000. Let's say in a lot of cases for a lot of boats in the marketplace, that upper 1% of the population, perhaps that's able to write checks for this. Yeah. That 1% of the population is a big number. Yeah. And so um, I think there was, I think a lot of it was driven by fear in the past to say, wow, if we get over this $100,000 number, how many people can really do this? And you find out that there are a lot of them. And I know, as you know, some of the builder, sorry, some of the retailers here in Minneapolis, um, the guys that are selling the, the big name boats, over 90% of their buyers are not finance people. These are people that are cutting checks. So these people that are buying these hundred dollars to $200,000 boats, they're not saying, well, can I afford this for a month? It's, it isn't about the, the economics of it. It's about desire. They're saying, do I want it or not want it? Because when I do decide I want it, I'm just going to simply cut a check for it and we're down the road. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we have certainly, you know, I, I've loved keeping progress uh, or keeping tabs of your, your progress, not only uh, on a personal level, but uh, again, through the, through the pages of the, of the magazine and, and uh, digital as it is these days. But uh, certainly appreciate your contribution and, and an upcoming uh, next issue that would uh, actually uh, be out soon. We will uh, once again hear about some of your process and your journey in this case, you know, finding a table for your, your new boat. Yeah, like and, that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, all that goes with all of these, these multiple decisions. So uh, appreciate uh, the time and the contribution and, and the friendship, your, your contribution to the recreational boating industry as a, as a serial entrepreneur and a guy who, who just loves being out there and, and still carves it up in the slalom course. Uh, congratulations on, on the journey so far and uh, all the best to you. And, and we'll, we'll keep, uh, keep you in our, in our thoughts and maybe our prayers too, as, uh, as you uh, begin to, uh, to deliver these boats to the market. Hey, David, God bless you. I really appreciate this opportunity. It's, it's, it's always fun. It's, it's great to feed my addiction, hopefully helping other people and, and having you as part of that is, is, is a huge, huge win. And I'm grateful for this. So thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. And, and thank you to our Boating Industry Insider audience as well. Stay happy, stay healthy, and we will see you on the water. Take care. Everyone.